Hey, my name is Eric McCoy. Welcome back to Recovering Through Highness. You know, I got an interesting episode that I want to do today. And I wrote pain, failure, and misery are the stepping stones to success for a lot of different reasons. And one of them being to clinicians. And over the years, I've seen a lot of disservice to clients. I've also seen a lot of clinicians that are unable to reach clients. And we do have clients out there or people out there that everybody defines as unreachable. And we're never going to be able to get to them. And over the years in working in this industry, which I've been doing since 2003, I have learned various different techniques to reach people. And what I wanted to talk today about is the concept of motivational interviewing. And then I'm going to actually have a guest, a special guest on here, who is a meth user, is a current meth user, hypothetically. And I'm going to show you this technique of motivational interviewing with a little bit of a different twist to it. But motivational interviewing is a technique for increasing motivation to change and has been proven to be very effective with people that may be unwilling or unable to change. Now, it rests on the assumption that people are ambivalent about change versus weak or resistant to doing so. It's an optimistic approach to change aimed at resolving this ambivalence through eliciting and reinforcing what they call change talk. Now, in pain, failure, and misery are the stepping stones to success. I laid myself out there, and I put myself um, out there in terms of all of the things that I've done. Well, not all of them, but you know, in, in generalize the things that I felt were important to share of the things that I'd done. I'd done a lot of very bad things, and I was very ambivalent to change, especially in 2001, being arrested, you know, crime bail, crime bail, crime, and wanting to change, but not wanting to change. And part of that being the fact that methamphetamine had kind of taken over my mind, and that's where I discussed the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde scenario. And motivational interviewing aims to encourage the person's autonomy in decision-making, where the clinicians, they act as a guide and clarifying the patient's strengths and aspirations, listening to their concerns, boosting their confidence in their ability to change and eventually collaborating with them on a plan for change. And so I wanted to have an opportunity to show what this ultimately looks like. And I think this is so important. And I really want people to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, you know, and one of the facts being that um, you know, I'm really trying to reach those people that are unreachable. And I want people to share this information if you can, because you know, in my my book and the way that I, you know, described myself, I was that lost individual. And over the years of getting clean and working in this industry, I really studied the individuals 
that came through. And so many of them I could relate to and I could relate to what they said. I mean, there's not much in, you know, working in this industry and hearing the things from people that I have not either heard before or have said myself. And so I've always thought, and I put together a workbook, and this is kind of at the end of uh, Pain, Failure, and Misery are the Stepping Stones to Success because I wanted people to make it their own. But I had made a workbook that I thought of the things that I felt were some of the most important things to look at. Motivation, commitment. We have to commit to this. You know, self-esteem. Um, you know, the second part of, of, of my book is a step into the unknown. And, you know, for people to get clean initially, there's a lot of fear. It is a step into the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen necessarily. When I was in custody before I had been released in 2002 and having been in there for 10 months, 11 months or so, I didn't want to leave. I was fearful of leaving custody because I didn't know what I was going to do. And that's what scared me because in, at that point in time, I was clean. I had a clear head. I had a, a mind that that was, uh, you know, thinking rationally and I was realistic and, and I, you know, day of my release. And even though the cops did fuck with me that day because they had my day of release and I had stayed in there, stayed in there. Usually they let you out at like five, six, seven AM and I'm still there at 10, 11 noon. And the cops rate and cops say over the radio that Mr. McCoy, you're not going anywhere. You have a new charge that was filed. <laughs> and I immediately thought I was relieved, but I was pissed. I had all these crazy feelings going on and they let that lag on for 20, 30 minutes or so. And then they called my name to get released. <laughs> so, but I did, I felt for a moment, I felt this, this sense of, oh, this release that this relief, you know, that, that maybe, I can stay in longer. I don't have to leave. It became a, a comfort zone for me. And a lot of people, you know, you think of being in jail or in custody, that it's, you know, an incarceration. And I didn't feel that way because I felt inside, I felt free. I felt more freedom than I'd felt in my entire life. And I was in custody. So, all right. So I'm going to bring on a guest. And we are going to call him Mr. Flappadane. And Mr. Flappadane, this is not his real name, is an individual who is, again, currently using methamphetamine. And I wanted to be able to have an opportunity to show what motivational interviewing looks like. And so here we go. Mr. Flappadane, thank you for coming. Appreciate you coming onto the show and giving me an opportunity. And I know we're going to kind of black out your face. And Mr. Philapidane is obviously not your name. Why are you calling me Philapidane? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry. It just seemed like a fun name. Say it. Say it. Philapidane. Fuck you. Okay. All right, Mr. Dane. I don't understand why you keep calling me these names. Uh, I was and I'm calling you Dane for short. 
<laughs> all right, man, you, you kind of, yeah, all right, uh, whatever. Okay, Mr. Charles, um, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And I know you're struggling, and I know you're currently using methamphetamine. And Dude, dude I'm not struggling. I fucking like to get high, man. Yeah, I I get it, man. Why would you not? I like to get high too. Highness is fantastic. You like to get high too? Absolutely, man. I love to get high. We'll we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But what's happening with you? And let me ask you a quick question before we get started here. You know, besides drugs or, you know, anything like that, what do you enjoy doing? What are the things that you find fun in life? What do you, what do you appreciate in life? Um, I don't know. I don't really pre- appreciate anything. Um, I don't really do anything. I mean, I get I get high, but that's about it. Okay, I, I hear that. I hear, and you like to get high, so you're doing something that you really like to do. Um, do you do you feel at all like you? Are missing anything in your life? Um, yeah, I mean, I got a, I got a kid that uh, I um, haven't seen for a long time, and uh, I haven't seen my family in a long time. I, you know, I don't know. Is that is your family at all important to you, or your child? How, how old's your kid? Um, uh, what year is it? It's uh, 2020. <laughs> um, uh, I think my kid's like 12. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, you know, I miss my family a little bit, I guess. I don't know. If you had the ability, or let's say the money, and not talking drugs at all, what are the... What would you like your what would you like your life to look like? What what could it look like? Um I don't know. I, I guess um uh, you know I want to have a house. Um if I had money, I guess uh um maybe stability, I guess. Stability. Okay. A house and stability. All right. And um so let me let me give you a picture here. Let me see here. Okay, so you like to get high, correct? Yes, yeah, so I like, like to get high. Okay, you like to get high. I like to get high too. Okay, and you don't have your family, and you don't have your kid, but you would like to have your kid. How would you get your family back? And how would you be able to see your kid? I don't know. My, um, let's get off drugs. My, uh, the mother of my kid, um, left me because I was getting high. And, um, I don't know. It's, you know, yeah, I guess I'd have to get off drugs. What's more important to you? What is, what is important to you, I guess? Um, Nothing really. I don't really. I don't know. I don't really feel like any anything's important to me. Hmm. Even drugs. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they're, you know, I guess they're important to me. So if you had the option or the, the ability to get off drugs so you could be a part of your child's life or if you stayed where you are and you continue using drugs and you find no interest or desire or anything within your life, what would that be? What side would you choose? You could have family stay on drugs. Are you really happy? Is happiness something that you're really feeling within yourself? No, I'm not, I'm not really happy. What if you were in your kid's life? Did you love the mother? Yeah, I did. I really loved her. So, how important is that for you? How important could the relationship be within your life? I mean, would you choose that, the child, the mother, or do you want to stay where you are? Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess, I mean, I would, if I, if I had a magic fucking ball, I would choose the mother. Okay, so I'm hearing this interest, at least, that maybe if you were able to do that, you would choose getting clean and being with the child and potentially the mother. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. I don't know how to how to get clean. Well, let me see. Do you have any interest at all? Do you have any desire to make the change or to change yourself? Yeah, I do. Well, let me tell you one thing here. You just took the first step. You went from this initial meeting and saying, I just want to get high to now saying, now I want to do something different and maybe it would be better for me to get off drugs so I could be with my child. But I'm going to tell you something really cool too. I don't want you to give up getting high. I don't want you to give up getting high. What? What the fuck? No, listen to me. Okay. So this podcast that you're on is called Recovering Through Highness. The premise of this is that highness comes from within. Drugs do not give you highness. It's your own chemicals that give you highness. And so when we understand that idea, it's not about not getting high. It's not about giving up the concept of getting high. Because highness comes from within. Highness is not a property of drugs. It's a property of people. Physiological effects, dopamine. You know, we have a neurotransmitter, dopamine. (laughs) Dopamine. It's just a fun word to say. But that's the neurotransmitter of pleasure. 
So all of the drugs you do and the method you use, all it is doing is it is manipulating your chemicals that you already have within you. So maybe we could find ways to get high without drugs because you want to get high. But you also want to have your kid. And you want to potentially have the mother of your child in your life. You can have them all. All right, Mr. Philapidane, I want to thank you for coming on the show. We're gonna, I'm going to have you get a, get a hold of me. I want, to, I want you to send me an email so that I can communicate with you, and we're going to talk a little bit more maybe about getting some help for you. My email address is recoveryecosystem at gmail.com. My website, recoveryecosystem.net. And I want you to get a hold of me. I want you to send me a message, and I'm going to send you some tips and tools. I'm going to send you a copy of my book, and I'm going to help you define a plan and set a plan in place that's going to work for you. Work for you. All right, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. You kind of made sense a little bit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll do that. I'll send, I'll send you an email. All right, Mr. Philippidane, Mr. Dane for short. I thank you for coming on, and, uh, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. I wanted to just give that idea a little bit, just to show how we can, you know, interact with people that want to get high. And it's not about fighting them. It's not about arguing with them. It's about them making the decision that they want to change. It's not about me making that decision. We can help them identify reasons that they want to change and they can go, you know what? Fuck. I want to do this because all the years that I had been on drugs and the rehabs that I went through numerous rehabs, I didn't change because everybody else wanted me to change in 2002. When I did change, it was because I wanted to change. I wanted it. I want to thank you for tuning into another episode of Recovering Through Highness. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can also find my audio version on, um, on Buzzsprout. And uh, please check out my book. I have it in all the different formats. It's in the softbound, hardbound, the audio version. So I spent a lot of time reading my book and did it myself. <laughs> And you can get the edition also. They're all on Amazon. You can also get it on um, Archway Publishing's website. There's a lot of other sites you can get it from. But I want to thank you all for listening. Again, my name is Eric McCoy, and this is Recovering Through Highness. Thanks. Thanks.